Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflection from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Keith Nestor, and I will be your guest host once again this week. Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of gospel reflections. It's a time where groups from around the state and country get together, open with prayer, and read the gospel for this week's Mass. And that's exactly what we're going to do today. And joining me is my good friend, Mr. Nick Delatore from Awakened Catholic. And Nick has a lot of awesome stuff going on. He's also a musician along with his wife. They go by Nick and Alina. They're everywhere on streaming platforms. I've heard them before. They're amazing. Nick's got a lot going on, and I'm so thankful that he has taken time to join us here today. Nick, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing ridiculously well, Keith. How are you doing? Oh, man, I couldn't be doing better. I get the chance to talk to you and uh, look at the scripture. That's my, you know, I mean, that's my jam. I'm excited to get to do it. To me, when someone asks me how I'm doing, the answer is always marvelously well, ridiculously well. Any day, Keith, that we wake up and we're not a starving child in a third world country is a day of rejoicing. It is a matter of perspective, isn't it? I mean, it's like you can always think of the things that we take for granted when you start to complain, which I know I do a lot. And then I go, man, I really got nothing to complain about. My, my life is blessed. And, you know, God has done so many amazing things and has allowed us to receive so much peace. And that's what we're going to talk about today in the gospel for Pentecost. And, and when I, I know there's various readings we could be going through, we're going to be reading the gospel from the Pentecost during the day mass, which is John chapter 20. That's an amazing text that talks about the peace of Christ. And when we think about how that impacts our lives, there's just no shortage of blessings, Nick. Would you be willing to lead us in a prayer and then I'll, I'll read the gospel and we'll jump in? I'd be happy to. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Good and gracious God, you are always in our midst. You are always with us. Help us to be more present to your presence. Help our minds and hearts to be aware of your presence around us and within us, that your grace would flow through us. Help us to remove obstructions, obstacles, impediments to that grace, Lord. Give us the courage to do so, the fortitude to do so. Inspire our words, anoint this conversation this morning. We love you, God, and we pray all of this in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Well, well our gospel reading for today uh, comes from John chapter 20, verses 19 through 23, and it reads this way. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven and whose sins you retain are retained. The gospel of the Lord, powerful stuff. 
mm. today, especially considering, Nick, that this is the, the Sunday for Pentecost. And, you know, we associate Pentecost with, with the gifts of the Holy Spirit falling upon the disciples that they're in the upper room. And then the preaching of the gospel going out by Peter, you know, and the rest of the disciples in the tongues that they didn't know, but were understood by the people who came to the feast. And 3,000 people were brought into the faith that day. And, and this is our, our gospel reading for this. And I'm, I'm curious, Nick, when you hear this text, what are some of the things that stick out to you? Well, right away, like you were pointing out, the first place your mind goes as it relates to Pentecost is the actual occasion of Pentecost when the when the Holy Spirit descended upon the church. And something that blows me away whenever I reflect on this passage is this came first. This came first, but also who it was for, who was in that room, who it was uh, to whom our Lord, our blessed Lord, breathed the Holy Spirit. And it's, it's not insignificant to consider who it was. It was specifically the apostles, the first bishops. And so when, when I'm in front of someone talking about this, uh, whether it's a congregation or just a one-on-one -on -one situation, I'm like, when did the Holy Spirit first enter the church? Well, really, that would be our Blessed Mother uh, at, the, at the top of the Gospel of Luke. But then this is a very pointed occasion where our Lord is essentially giving them the, the power to, to convey peace, but specifically in the redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And so a lot of us live these crazy chaotic lives and we're so caught up with the things of this world and so wounded, so jaded. And we, we live in this chaos and we become numb to it. We don't even realize how chaotic our lives are a lot of the time. But our Lord says, not as the world gives do I give, I give you peace, my peace I give you. And so where can we find peace, true and lasting divine peace? It is in the forgiveness of our sins. It is when we reconcile with God. And so he's giving us the capacity for that in, in bestowing upon these apostles, the first bishops, the power through Christ to forgive sins. It's pretty amazing. It's it's extremely amazing. You know, you, you see Jesus giving the Holy Spirit to the apostles so they can do this, you know, and I, I think about how the the scriptures tell us, of course, in in, in other readings for the day, we're going to see how um, St. Paul talks about how we have we are one body with many parts. And this is the part that these apostles uniquely play is that the Holy Spirit's power goes through the church out to proclaim the gospel in a like a global sense. Right. But then there's this part of us that we we receive the gospel, but then we individually need to experience that peace as well. So it's not just about, well, I, I heard the gospel and therefore I have peace. Well, yes, you need to hear that and receive that. But now here comes the personal aspect of where you can be reconciled to the Father. Mm -hmm. You can be you can have that peace because it doesn't matter how much you have going on in this world. The the only way to to real peace is when you're in a state of grace, when you can fellowship with God. And yeah. Jesus is sending these apostles, right? His mission for the church is to send them out into the world to bring the world back to God. And you can't do that just by having a knowledge, Nick. Right. You've also got to have that relationship, and that's what this is about. Yeah, and that's where we can fall into the Gnostic heresy of, you know, the more I know, the more, the more saved I am, in a sense. And I think... You know, again, going back to the fact that this comes before Pentecost, 
you know, we get real excited, a lot of us, especially in certain faith communities, when we can put on display what we what we presume are the gifts of the Holy Spirit or the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And a lot of that can actually get in the way of something that's a lot more fundamental, a lot, a lot more foundational in our capacity to live virtuous lives, to live um, lives that we are headed in a trajectory towards heaven. And this is that foundation. Our, our Lord says uh, that just as the Father has sent me, so I now send you. And he's not talking to all of us. He's talking again to his apostles. Mm -hmm. and, and what was our blessed Lord sent for? The forgiveness of sins, the redemption of, of humanity. And that is what he is now extending into his apostles. And it's so interesting to me, too, when we, when we look at some of the words that are used here, that our Lord breathed on them. He blew on them, just as in the, gospel, in the, in the book of Genesis, uh, God breathed into the clay that he had formed, in a sense, right, in, in Adam, and he breathed that, that divine life into, into uh, Adam. And we see this beautiful parallel where it is through the forgiveness of sins that our Lord is kind of hitting the reboot button on creation and breathing once again into humanity. It's, it's so beautiful and poetic. It, it is. It, you know, I, I think that's interesting that you're bringing up that idea of God breathing on them because I've talked to people before who mentioned to me that, well, the scriptures are breathed by God. And, and what do we have that what else besides the scriptures is breathed out by God? And I always take them to this passage. I'm like, this, this, this is the way that that truth, which is understood of the gospel and what Christ has come to do, this is where the rubber meets the road in our daily lives, right? When we recognize this, and of course we can experience this in the sacrament of, of confession, when we go to confess our sins to a man, you know, a priest who is the successor, who is a representative of the successor of the apostles, because our bishops are literally the successors of the apostles and the priests work um, on their behalf. So when we go to the sacrament of confession and we, we hear these words of absolution given to us, we know that this authority isn't a man-made authority, Nick. It's something that's come directly from Jesus. And I love the way that you connected that to creation too, because we are a new creation in yes. Christ. The old has passed away. And this is how it happens in our lives. This was yes. the plan of God. And he had to do this before Pentecost because it would otherwise it would be kind of like, I, I imagine, you know, like a doctor who's able to go out to a large crowd of people and say, hey, we have a cure for your disease. Yeah, It's an awesome cure. Here's what it does. It fights the virus. It restores your tissue. It does whatever, whatever, whatever. Isn't that great? And then he leaves. Yeah. It's like, okay, <laughs> it's great to know that there is a cure, but how do I get injected with that cure, right? Yes. This What Christ is doing is he's giving the disciples, he's saying, here it is. Here's the medicine. And now I'm giving you guys the authority and the power to inject people with that grace when they need that healing. And that's where we find that. That's how we make that part of who we are. Amen. And and it's such a, a tragedy, like truly a heart-wrenching tragedy, how much we avoid as a people, as individuals, as a global church, how much we avoid the sacrament of reconciliation, the rite of penance. This is such a tremendous gift that we can literally go before a priest of the Lord who is operating out of love and out of charity uh, in persona Christi, right? Right, that it, when we're speaking to the priest, we aren't just speaking to 
this man that we see visibly in front of us, but but we are speaking through his priesthood to Christ, to the Holy Trinity, and we are put, laying out before them that which is uh, burdening us. And he invites us into that encounter to lift our burdens, to truly allow us to start anew as many times as we need to. And to hear those words, it's something that you only get in Catholicism. No Protestant churches have anything close to it, although some of them mimic it. But, you know, as, as a Protestant, when I was a Protestant, you know, forget when I was an agnostic, when I was a Protestant, if I had something that was burdening me that I had done, some guilt or shame I was feeling, I might cry out into the wind, Lord, forgive me, and then hear nothing in response. And I, you know, you just kind of operate hoping to God that he did forgive you, assuming he did in his love and mercy. But to hear the words through the ministry of the church and in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, I absolve you of your sins. And to know that they were given the authority to say those words and for those words to be absolutely true, to be spiritually efficacious, um, because of today's passage, to see that scripturally take place, there is so much power there that we are just completely abandoning out of our fear of, of the discomfort or the awkwardness of saying what, what we've done or whatever. Just tap into that power, embrace the love of God that he's gifted us through this sacrament. It's amazing. Oh, it, it, it certainly is. And I think that we have to always remember how Jesus frames this. Okay, think about where the apostles were. It says that they're locked up in fear of the Jews in this upper room. Jesus had been crucified. These guys are, the last thing they have going on right now is peace. Yeah. And when Christ appears to them, the first thing he says to them is peace be with you. And I think sometimes we can we can minimize the, the power of that statement because we're just going to, oh, peace be with you. I mean, we say it every week in mass. We're like, oh, peace be with you, peace be with you. But like, Think about the power of what of of what these these men were feeling and experiencing, and then just seeing Jesus the way He appears to them, and then for Him to say to them, "Peace be with you." I, I don't think that's sort of like just a uh, an arbitrary greeting. I I think it's a command. Oh yes, and and it's it's to say to them, "Look, you've had a lot of fear." You, you have a lot of, of perceived failure and discouragement and frustration. And now I'm here to tell you that it's time for you to have peace. Yes. Because yeah. that's the message, peace. And, and here's what we have to all understand, my friends. Your peace is not found in taking revenge or getting your way or achieving worldly success or adulation or whatever, all of those things that, that the winning that we seek, because the disciples in this moment appeared to be the biggest losers on the face of the earth. Right. And yet when Christ appears to them, what does he say to them? Peace be with you. So friends, if you're listening to this and you need peace in your life, Christ wants to bring that peace to you. Even if everything else around you is completely chaotic and crazy, and you feel like you haven't won anything and you feel down and out, Christ is ready to offer you that peace, but you have to understand that peace comes from being forgiven. Yeah. That's what brings us peace. And that's yes. why the ministry of the apostles is both to announce that forgiveness and to offer it sacramentally to us because we need that. I don't know about you, but I need that.
Oh man. Well, and, and here's the, the, the tough truth, the difficult truth in this. When our Lord says in another passage, not as the world gives, do I give, but I give you my peace. The implication there is that the world offers us anything but that. It offers us chaos. It offers us distraction that keeps us away from that peace, um, anxiety-inducing, right? And, he, you know, our Lord also says that the ruler of this world, he, he uses that language many times, and who he was referring to is Satan, is Lucifer. He refers to Lucifer as the ruler of this world. And so when he says, not as the world gives, do I give? He's referring to the evil one. He's referring to our truest enemy. And we have to acknowledge when we are falling away from peace, when we feel anything but peace, we are falling prey to the enemy who prowls about the world like a roaring lion, seeking the ruin of your soul and of my soul. And so when we are feeling that disquiet, when we are feeling that lack of peace, we need to understand exactly what's happening. And we need to rebuke that spirit of anxiety, rebuke that spirit of fear, because that is not of God. And there's never a good excuse for it. St. Paul tells in his letters to the Philippians, chapter four, verses four through uh, four through nine, he says, have no anxiety about anything ever at any time for any reason but instead focus on that which is good true and beautiful i'm paraphrasing and and that's exactly what our lord is saying here is is i offer you the opportunity for that but you have to walk through the door you have to be the one to choose it day in and day out every moment of every day and i i will say my brother keith i am the first person to fall prey to anxiety and fear on the daily i need this reminder Oh, I can relate. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners can too, because it feels like a lot of things are happening in our world, regardless of where you are on the political spectrum or, or with regard to, you know, what particular version of Christianity you subscribe, you subscribe to. But I think we all can agree that our world is not a peaceful world. And our society in particular is always trying to take our peace away from us. Yes. And everything that we do seems to be about chaos and and uh, anxiety. I mean, so many people struggle with that, but we all don't understand the answer to it is our relationship with the Father, and we need to be reconciled. I think what's what's interesting is that Jesus takes for granted the idea that there are sins that need to be forgiven. Hmm. So it's almost like he's making provision to say, look, you guys are going to need this. It's not just about... Well, hypothetically speaking, someday there may be one person or two that, that need these saying, look, this is so important that I am giving this gift to the world of my church who will have the ability to proclaim the, the, the way to peace and offer it tangibly, which is so important. I like the way that St. Paul puts this in, um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us, remember, this is the church, gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sins against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. But then I love this. This is verse 20. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. And I like this because, you know, it reminds us that this is the goal and the fruit 
You know, our part is to confess our sins, to go and receive this. God's part is to bring the grace and the peace. And he never fails. He always does that. The question is, are we ready to receive the peace? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what do you think, Nick, is like the biggest barrier to most people receiving that peace? I think people are afraid to face what what sins they've committed. I think we are so wounded. We wound ourselves when we sin. It's not just about the people that we, uh, on the other side of that sin, are wounding, presuming that it is that type of sin. But we are we're so afraid in this world that tells us, you can be your own God. There's nothing wrong with you. Believe whatever you want to believe. Live however you want to live. We're so afraid of admitting to ourselves that we've made a mistake. We're so, and so if we have to verbalize something, we have to come to terms with the fact that it happened. We have to come to terms with the fact that we were in the wrong and we are told you don't, you are never wrong about anything nowadays. And so there's a, a lack of humility where because we're being told that we are the gods, we, we have this inability to see that there is something above us, something mm. bigger than us, even though it's what our soul is starving for we're so deeply programmed. And so the shame that we have to acknowledge just by verbalizing something, and this is the lie from the enemy, because in reality, what our God is offering us is to completely wipe it all away if we're just willing to bring it to him. You know, it's like with my kids. I relate to the Garden of Eden story when, you know, Adam and Eve commit the first and, you know, catastrophic uh, cosmic sin. And our Lord is just walking through the garden looking for them. And I'm, if you're just listening on the radio, I'm using air quotes because, you know, when I'm playing hide and seek with my kids, I know where they are. Are you telling me I don't know where my kids are? I know where they're hiding, but I'm still like, golly gee, I wonder where you are, kids. And that's what our Lord was doing. And, and when, when he would find them, all he wanted to do was hug them and say, you messed up. Things are going to be harder now, but I still love you. And they're still hiding from him. And that's what our Lord is offering us in the sacrament of confession. He wants to give us a hug, say, you messed up. There are going to be some echoes of this in, in your practical day-to-day -day life. You know, maybe there's a relationship that's going to struggle to heal, but I forgive you. You know, the passage you, you just referenced is so important to me. I literally tattooed it onto my body. Uh, wow. A, a <laughs> it's a pair yeah, it's a it's a paraphrased version of it. It says, gone is the old. I am new. And it's a reminder for myself that, number one, I am not the old self that that died and is resurrected in Christ. Um, and number two, that I have access to that newness anytime I need it in the sacrament. Praise be to God. Amen. Amen. I had somebody once ask me when I became Catholic, they said, why do you why do you have to confess your sins to a priest? Why do you want to do? And I remember saying to that person, "Oh, you don't understand." I'm like, "This is not a have to. This is a get to." Mm -hmm. This this is to me this and I know everybody's different, but this this wasn't an obstacle to my conversion to Catholicism. This has been a feature. You know, this was a drawing point because and I was terrified. I remember the first time I went to confession because all of those all of those things that want to take my peace, you know, were were there, you know, anxiety about well, what's the priest going to think of me and mm -hmm. and it's going to be embarrassing or or humiliating or whatever. And what I learned was, you know, there was no peace in hiding. There was no peace in, in being isolated in the dark. But there's been tremendous peace when things are brought into the light because that's when we can experience this ministry of reconciliation and this ultimate peace. So I guess my, my challenge to everyone out there listening is 
Think of the ministry of, of Pentecost, right? Hearing the gospel. So, so hear the gospel and be reconciled. You know, yeah. understand the truth about who Jesus is. But then, as St. Paul says, I, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled. Take advantage of this gift that God has given us. And yes. he's given it to you, my friend, to be to be uh, experienced on a personal level in the deepest part of who you are. So it, it's a it's a beautiful thing. Um, Nick it really is brother. Like it's got to be awesome to be able to just come before the Lord anytime that you feel like you need to and know that you can walk out of there uh, with that peace. Amen, man. And what you were saying about people's reservation, like, why can't I just talk to God? You can and you should just talk to God, but not just you. you the moment we commit sin, we should feel that that discomfort and, and that that struggle in our soul. Like, why did I do that? We should feel that and immediately ask God for forgiveness. But then also go to confession, right? Like it ultimately comes down to who is your God? Are you your God or is God your God? And if God is your God, you do it his way. And today's passage from the Gospel of John in chapter 20, verses 19 through 23, make it clear how God intended this to look. And it's powerful. It's very powerful. Well, Nick, I want, I want to thank you for taking time to join me here today on, on Reflections from the Heart. And uh, tell us a little bit about where people can find out about Awakened Catholic and everything you have going on. Yeah, absolutely, brother. So uh, awakencatholic.org, we have a lot of shows that we produce. Um, we, we have a really interesting project that we're working on right now where uh, we have some amazing partners. We are launching an app and online uh, community that is an alternative to the Facebooks, the YouTubes, the Twitters, the Patreons. And essentially, we're creating a venue for Catholic creators of all types, whether they are YouTubers or bloggers or audio podcasters, um, to host their communities and, and their content in under one umbrella, where as Catholic uh, people, we can all just go to one place and say, I'm going to I'm going to find some new awesome Catholic stuff. So we're, we're working on this project. We have a lot of exciting partners on that. Um, and we're almost ready to launch that. So but uh, if you want to learn more, just make sure to go to awakencatholic.org and join our mailing list for updates. Awakencatholic.org. It's awesome. I've had the opportunity to uh, visit with Nick and his staff and, and spend some time with them in, in Ohio. And I can tell you, my friends, it's it's awesome. So get behind what they're doing. Keep keep your eye out and make sure you check out Nick and Alina on uh, various streaming platforms. Their music, uh, they're very talented and, and it's incredible stuff. Um, thank well, you, friends, I, I want to thank you once again, Nick, and I want to thank all of our listeners today for joining us for Reflections of the Heart. Stay connected to the gospel, my friends. Receive the peace. Christ has given to you. He wants you to experience that peace and he's done everything he can to make it happen. So friends, don't let anything hold you back. Receive Christ today. Thank you for joining us, my friends. Take care and God bless. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, 
is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.